Hey guys, welcome back to the Authentic Uma podcast. It's Rafiq here. And uh, in today's podcast, I kind of want to talk about uh, another step on this uh, journey of getting your salah like the prophets, peace be upon him. So in the previous episodes, I've been discussing about this uh, journey which has allowed me to get my salah like the prophets, peace be upon him. Now, obviously, before I knew this, I was just a regular kid at going to madrasa and uh, just listening to whatever I was being told at madrasa, listening to my parents, listening to my brothers, um, to my brother, and um, never really questioning and never really, uh, you know, fighting them. Uh, not 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 fighting them, but not really arguing with them. Okay, not knowing that in fact our religion, the religion of Islam, it actually encourages us to. To, to question uh, you know it's important to question because by questioning we we you know we increase our understanding of things right so i was just a regular kid who who wouldn't question about anything who just follow whatever was being taught to me by the madrasa and follow whatever was being taught by um by my my by my dad and by my brother and um, you know that's kind of how it was it, you could say like looking back on it i could say it was like kind of a dictatorship like like that's quite a strong word i'm using but um, it was really that bad um, some of you guys may be knowing my experience at madrasa you know it really ended up uh, uh, not going so well i remember there was this one day and i just didn't want to go to madrasa and then uh, you know, being chased out of the house by my mum with a hockey stick, right? And then being dragged out of the car at the madrasa compound, literally being dragged out, like feet first out the car door, right? And then, you know, getting up, dusting myself off, and then just taking a deep breath and telling myself, you know, just just get the day done today, right? Just go to madrasa and just, just deal with it, right? That's what I was telling myself. So I remember going into the classroom, the Mulana's there, he just tells me, you can come in. Right, because I was late at that point, right? And if you're late for going to madrasa, you know, it's a big deal. You could get shouted at, you could get beat, you could get punished of some sort, right? So, um, so, so that was kind of uh, how uh, one day went. And I remember walking into the class and then looking down on my clothes, and then I could see this, this blood all over my clothes, and I was like, What is this, right? And then my friends started to look at me in this weird way, and then I, I used to look back at them and, and wonder what's going on. Why are you looking at me like that? And then um, you know they're telling me go and wash, go and go and wash up. You know, go and goggle your mouth. Remember um, bringing my hands to my uh, uh, bring my hands to my mouth and just rubbing my fingers together. Right, I, I noticed that's blood. Right, and I realized that day that what wasn't hurting was the injury from the hockey stick, the blood. It wasn't injuring. Okay, it, 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 the injury didn't uh, make me feel a lot of pain. What was more painful was um, the idea of going to madrasa. The fact that I'd just been dragged out of the car, had been chased out of the house by my mom, right? I'm crying at this state, right? And just that, that was more painful than the actual uh, physical beating, okay? It's, it's kind of more psychological, right? So... I remember that was that was one of my experiences with madrasa and then eventually that led me on to um you know dropping out of madrasa and then just trying to find my own way right learning about uh, you know whatever about religion comes about and so um uh, what I, what I've noticed and what I've learned from all that that was around 4 years ago right or maybe 5 5 years ago or so 
right? And what I've learned since then, right? After dropping out of madrasa and then just being exposed to this entire new world of life and uh, what life is and the different beliefs people have and uh, learning, you know, about the different religions which are there. Like, you know, you've got um, Islam, you've got Christianity, you've got Hinduism, you've got um, Judaism, you've then you've got people who don't believe in God, people like uh, who are atheists, right? So I basically went around these past five years and looking um, for the answers, right? Because I dropped out of madrasa, I knew that, okay, you know, because at madrasa, everyone made Islam seem like a big deal, okay? It seemed like it's the only way. Now, I remember after dropping out, that's not what I thought, okay? I, I never wanted to learn anything about Islam. I didn't want to have anything to do with it because of the the uh, the perception which the Molanas had put in my mind, right? And so what I noticed and what I've learned along the way is that actually Islam truly is the only way, right? And, um, and so that's kind of... Um, what I'm sharing with you guys, kind of my story, how this happens, how how whatever's happened to me has happened and how I think I can help you out as well. Right. So I came up with this framework the other day and um, I have said this on a previous episode, uh, but the basic framework is that first you need to understand if this is if you want to get your salah like the Prophet's salah, peace be upon him, you need to go through these steps. Now, the first step is you need to understand the concept of God stroke religion. Then the second step is you need to understand who the Prophet, peace be upon him, is. The third step is you need to understand who the Hadith collectors are. The fourth step is learn about Hadiths which are related to Salah. And then after you've done that, you've basically reached the goal, which is to offer your Salah like the Prophet, peace be upon him. Now, I know that there is a lot of stuff to get through along that uh, along that chain, right? But today's episode, I want to kind of go more in detail as to understanding who Hadith collectors are. So, um, you know, I never knew what, what Hadith meant. So, um, Hadith basically means a story or a conversation or any event that had happened. Okay, that's all that hadith means. Hadith is not this 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 word which is so you know, I remember when I first used to hear the word hadith, I was like, what does that mean? It's like it must be something so special, must be a huge word, right? But hadith is just an Arabic word. Okay? It's just an Arabic word which means a story, a conversation, right? Something along those lines. A event, an event, right? It, it's not this this um, cloudy word which is just used anyhow, okay? Hadith means a story. And in the context of Islam, it means that um, it's relating a story about the Prophet, peace be upon him. That's all it is. Hadith only means the story of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay, or it, it sometimes hadiths could be stories of the companions. May Allah be pleased with them all, right? So just get that clear. The word hadith, it's I I used to think this it was a bad word. I thought, uh, you know, I'm sorry, not a bad word, but I thought it was a big word, and this big word could only be used by molanas, by imams, and and stuff like that, which is totally totally untrue. 
Okay, the word hadith just means a story, and in the context of Islam, it's mainly most of the time referring to the Prophet's story, right? A story about the Prophet, peace be upon him, or a conversation of the Prophet, peace be upon him, or an event which happened which relates to the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay, so, um, so yeah, that's what hadith means. So, when I say understanding who hadith collectors are. Right, the next word in there is collectors. Right, you must be thinking, what what is a collector? Right, and a collector is, as the name suggests, someone who collects things. Okay, so I want you to imagine, like, um, you know, you get uh, um, people who who collect, um, um, you know, in, in the example of toys. Okay, like toys for children. Right. Um, the children like to collect toys together, right? And also some adults do that, but I don't see why they would want to do that. But, but you know, that's what we mean when we say collector. We mean someone who brings things together. So when I'm saying hadith collector, I'm basically talking about a story collector. Okay, somebody who's... Uh, uh, who's got so many stories about the Prophet, peace be upon him, right? And he's bringing them together into one book, Okay. That's what it means. So when someone says there is a hadith collected by, um, and then normally after saying collected by or collector, they're referring to one specific person. So, you know, in the context of Islam, you've got uh, uh, Imam Bukhari. Okay. And Imam just means leader. So Imam just, you know, it's, it's kind of like a respectful way of saying things, but it means a leader, right? Someone who's who's leading something. Okay. So... Uh, when we say Imam Bukhari, you know, we're, we're giving him good respect by saying that. Uh, his name is Bukhari. Okay, so when someone says hadith collected by Bukhari, by Imam Bukhari, it means that uh, this hadith uh, is part of what Imam al-Bukhari has collected. Okay, um, I remember the first time I never knew what this meant you know, uh, uh, in the beginnings, I was like, what does this mean? We weren't taught this in madrasa, right? In madrasa, I didn't get taught any of this stuff. And like, I only dropped out like in my later years, okay? But I, I still can't believe it up to today. Like, I was not taught what hadith means, right? Or who, who is Imam Bukhari? I never got taught that, right? So... Um, yeah, in the beginning, I was like, I don't know what this is, especially when I was first beginning to read about Islam, right? I was like, oh, I have no idea what this means, okay? So I just want you guys to know that hadith, uh, when we're talking about hadith, we're just talking about stories and the stories which relate to the Prophet, peace be upon him. And they ha these have been collected by great scholars, right? These imams, you could kind of call them scholars, I guess, but a scholar just means someone who's very learned, right? Um, so all these guys, you know, they spent years. The hard work is done for us. Okay. The people who have collected all these stories about the Prophet, peace be upon him, they've done all the hard work. May Allah reward them all very well. So, you know, they've done all the work for us. We don't have to go out there and collect these uh, hadiths, these stories of the Prophet, peace be upon him, because it's been done for us. Okay, not only that, but people have also gone through the collections of these imams, okay, 
and they have classified it. So some people have said that this is Sahih, meaning authentic. And when the first time I heard that, okay, what does that mean? I was like, and sometimes you can hear this in the Friday sermon. So if you go on a Friday in Juma prayers, sometimes you'll hear the uh, Imam saying this out loud. He may say something like, um, uh, it's not the Sahih. Okay, and I remember the first time I would hear that, I was like, oh my God, what does that mean? That's such a big word, right? But all that means is that this story, this hadith, which I'm telling you right now, it's authentic. And when we say it's authentic, it means that that story is a true story and it can be attributable to the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay, so that's all Sahih means. So the scholars have not only collected the hadiths, but they've also gone through each and every one of those hadiths and have classified them for us. Okay, so um, an example of a scholar would be uh, Sheikh uh, Nasruddin Al-Albani. Okay, he is the most popular guy to go through and class hadiths, whether they are authentic, sahih, or you may have heard of another word which is... Um, uh, which is daif that's the arabic word and all that means is it is weak okay meaning that that story that hadith of the prophet peace be upon him cannot be attributable to the prophet peace be upon him it could be because of various reasons and these various reasons are kind of uh, well known to the uh, people who are classifying so for example um, when we say Sheikh Albani is a person who classifies hadiths, it means that he is classifying hadiths based on his own criteria. Okay, every okay. Um, let me step back a bit. People like Nasruddin Albani, they are called muhaddithin. Okay, they are called people who um who study the sciences of stories of the prophets. In, in, in short English Okay When we say Science of Hadith We're talking Science of The stories of the Prophet Peace be upon him Okay Very simple Alright So People who study These sciences Who study these stories Right And classifying them they are known as muhaddithin, okay? And muhaddithin are very, very important. Um, it's, um, uh, they're a group of, of, of people in the religion which, uh, you know, are kind of doing a very important thing and a very delicate thing, okay? Because we're talking about people who are, uh, you know, going to claim whether the Prophet did something or didn't do something, right? Very, very important here. We don't want to have a muhaddithin who says that um, the prophet said this and it's true and uh, it's actually not true, right? So muhaddithins are very well trained and it's based on their own criteria, okay? So in the case of... Um, let me just step a bit more back and tell you guys about the different collectors. So... Um, the first one which I've already mentioned is Sahih Bukhari, meaning that that is a collection by Imam Bukhari, may, uh, right? Imam Bukhari. Then another one is Imam Muslim. Okay, you may have heard this. It's known as Sahih Muslim. So the first one is Sahih Bukhari, collected by Imam Bukhari. Then you've got Sahih Muslim. And this is a compilation of hadith, a compilation of stories of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And that these stories are collected by Imam Muslim. Okay? So, um, so basically all these hadiths, all these stories have, got, uh, have been collected by these guys. So another one is, uh, um, you may have heard this one, it's called Jami At-Tirmidhi. 
okay and what that means is that it's been collected by imam tirmidhi okay so when we say jami right jami means a, a kind of bringing together so a collection jami tirmidhi a collection by imam tirmidhi okay another one is um, uh, sunnan ibn majah so uh, you may have heard this sunnan ibn majah basically just means the collection right the stories brought together of the prophet peace be upon him by imam ibn majah right simple as that then the next one we've got is um sunan abu dawood right so that basically means these hadiths these this um it basically means that this is a collection of hadiths of stories of the prophet peace be upon him by imam abu dawood right so this one dude right um may allah reward him well and all these other guys right it's these this one guy has collected these hadith these stories of the prophet peace be upon him together and he's made a book out of it and he's it's called sunan abu dawood okay and these are huge books guys right so um the last one we'll be looking at is uh, um uh, sunan an nasai okay and likewise to the others this is a book which has been collected right the stories of the prophet peace be upon him the hadiths have been collected by imam an-nasai right now i want to make something quite clear here those aren't the only books of hadith so i've just spoken about six of them right but there are many other hadith books so another example is um, imam malik's muwatta okay and that is hadiths collected by imam malik right who uh, may allah have um, may allah have mercy on him who is one of the uh, four schools of thought right imam malik right then you can have um, you know um, there's another one by imam ahmad right which is known as musnad ahmad basically it's a collection of hadiths a collection of stories of the prophet peace be upon him and it's been collected by a guy named Imam Ahmad may Allah have mercy on him who is another one of the four schools of thought right so um yeah so so that's what kind of you need to understand if you want to get your salah like the prophets peace be upon him this is something which i needed to understand and uh, it's part of this overarching framework of mine um you know you need to know who these hadith collectors are uh, why is it important that we follow them and why is it important that um you know we we're taking their work and we're holding their work in such great regard right because we're we're taking f- from their works whatever the prophet peace be upon him had said and whatever he had done and whatever he had approved of right that's what we're doing so um a very very important step if you're trying to get your salah like the prophets peace be upon him you need to understand this uh, step here uh, it's one of the stepping stones to getting your salah like the prophets and um yeah um uh, another thing i want to mention about uh, all those um, all those um those um collectors which i've mentioned right they are known as hadith collectors okay and um, a lot of the religion right majority like i'd say um not i'd say but like it's unanimously agreed by the muslim people right the muslim umma right that as far as the teachings the rulings sorry the rulings of islam are concerned right at least maybe 90 or 95% of the rulings can be derived 
from these books okay another name for these books is called kitab as-sitta and all kitab as-sitta means is the six books right it's it's really not something I was taught at Madrasa, but it's so, so powerful. And, you know, it's so, so critical. I don't know why I wasn't taught this, honestly speaking. Like, um, you know, it's very, very important. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, uh, um, these guys here, they're, um, um, they're, they're not the only ones who have um, who have collected this stuff so the kitab asita the, the scholars they say that 90 to 95 percent of the rulings can be derived from these the other uh, five or ten percent um, you get it from other books of hadith okay but these six books are basically the main hadith books now another thing i want to tell you guys is that of these six hadith books say bukhari and sahih muslim these two are both authentic okay meaning that all the hadiths in these two books right they are authentic okay meaning that the, we can truly attribute the whatever's whatever story right we can attribute that story to the prophet peace be upon him right and obviously he was here a long time ago around 1400 years ago but you know his teachings still remain relevant today and inshallah they will also and god willing they will also be relevant um, in the future until the last day because you know this is the religion which is um, for eternity forever from today onwards uh, from sorry from when the prophet peace be upon him had come all his teachings are fit for today and going forwards until the last and final day as allah says in the quran that you know he has completed his favor upon us right he says that on this day have i completed my favor upon you and have chosen for you islam right that is submitting your will to almighty god right so um today's um, episode was just about those hadith collectors you need to understand who those guys are very important um it's something which i wasn't taught at madrasa and um Quite frankly, my parents didn't teach me this stuff. Uh, my siblings didn't teach me this. In fact, nobody around me taught this uh, to me. I had to do my external research um, away from these guys. So, um, yeah, with that being said, guys, that's the end of this podcast episode. And uh, I'll speak with you guys in the next podcast episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.